Somebody say with me, God has caused me to laugh. You are not saying it like you really, truly believe it. Let's try it one more time. God has caused me to laugh. All right. Glory to God. Yeah, that's how it's done. If God causes you to laugh, add a little bit of laughter to it at the end. So let's try it again. God has caused me to laugh. <laughs> Some of you, your laugh is like Hollywood should come and record it. <laughs> and I use it for for soundtrack, for meetings. Do you know the kind of meetings I'm talking about? <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Uh, today, the word of the Lord to us is a future filled with laughter. Now, the basis for uncertainty in the world is that nobody knows tomorrow, confidently. So when God sends his word to you that in your own future, all right, I might not be able to speak for others out there. In your own future, for example, I know we have some economists in the room, so I need to be careful the way I step into your place. Because somebody already gave me side eye. So I really try not to say <laughs> economical jargons. But there are terms that people use loosely. Oh, it's a meltdown, it's a crash, or it's a recession. Recession has a definition. It doesn't just mean things are just bad. For you to call it recession, please, guys, help me. All right? For it to be officially a recession, there has to be a back-to-back, quarter-to-quarter metrics, right? And all things being equal, by June 30, it is very likely that the world will announce, based on the world's leading economy, the United States, that we are officially in a recession by July 1st. Hello? Hello? That's not prophecy. When it happens, it's not, it's not like pretty prophesied. It is with the way things are. But I've come to announce to you that in your own future, there is laughter there. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? I'm not talking of two weeks of laughter. I'm not talking of four weeks of laughter. I'm not talking of a few months of laughter. I'm talking about a life filled with laughter until your good, ripe, healthy old age. Am I talking to those people this morning? People that we will celebrate your 70th with you. If Jesus tarries, we will celebrate your 80th with you. That on your 80th birthday, they will not wheel you into the auditorium. You are going to come looking all bling and glammy. Your husband, your wife by your side, your children surrounding your table, your grandchildren, they're saying, Grandpa, saying, Grandma, I am not there coughing to talk to them. You are saying, Hey, my son, this is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. Am I in that church this morning? This is the word for you. A future filled with laughter. See, there is no pain in my future. There is no uncertainty in my future. Only laughter. Genesis chapter 21, verse 5 to verse 7. Genesis chapter 21, from verse 5 to verse 7. It says, Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. Let me just say this on record. You know, I've really been throwing stones and sobs at our pregnant sisters since new wine. This is new wine? Yeah. So I will continue to throw it. I saw in a vision that I was at a naming ceremony. 
and a boy was born. And I named the boy Isaac. All right? So, uh, sisters, you already have one name. Go and look for the rest. <laughs> Go and look for the remaining names. Glory to God. You can tell that there's such a strong anointing for joy in the room. Yeah, you can tell. You can tell. Whoever came in with anything, it's not like you go back and pick it. It's not there. There's nothing to pick outside. It is gone and it is gone forever. In the mighty name of Jesus. Verse 6 says, And Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter, and all who hear about this will laugh with me. Verse 7, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse a baby? Who would have said that that situation will turn around? It says yet. Somebody say yet. This is that season. This is the season of yet miracles. That it was against all odds, but yet the word of the Lord came true. Somebody say glory to God. The key, listen now, we're getting into it. The key to a future filled with laughter hinges on one word. That word is relationship. If you are going to have a future filled with laughter, you must understand and accept that the principles that will nourish, guide, inform your relationships must be the principles of God's word. The number one most important relationship that a human being, a man, and when I say man, I am not talking of male, that mankind can have, it is prophetic that she says that. Homo sapiens. Because there is homo sapiens in my message. Later down there. All right. <laughs> Glory to God. Please, where were we before? <laughs> the number one most critical relationship for man, as designed by God, is a relationship with God. Conforming you to the image of Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit. That is the number one most important relationship in the world. The second most important relationship that many of us ignore is your relationship with people. Because there is an extent to which the enemy can exploit that to the extent that it begins to affect your relationship with God. And the most important relationship you can have with people is the choice of a life partner. Because that singular one decision has the capacity to make or mar your destiny. It has the capacity to give you a future filled with laughter or a future filled with quotable quotes. It can make you somebody enjoying the goodness of God or somebody enduring. You've now become a compendium of wisdom. Not because you chose light, but because life has taught you. So please open your heart this morning. This is God's word to us. Let me just say this. Let me say this. I will get into it. There are many who, especially younger people, I, I sense that this morning I'm speaking to the younger generation. And this is the one of many things that I will say directly to you. Many of us got frustrated with church and religion. 
in a way that we started rediscovering the true message of Scripture, which is Christ. And with that discovery came an obsession for one message. Not knowing that Christ's message is one, but that one is whole. And there are many who started, they, they got annoyed with church, went and started their own church. And generally, the first Sunday, Jesus is the topic. Second Sunday, Jesus is the topic. Third Sunday, second year, third year. Until they discover that fornication is up and down the whole place. Nobody taught the singles, purity. Until they discover that divorces, even, even pastor and pastor's wife, they are not sure. And I've seen it over, I'm young, but I've seen it will start like that. We only teach Jesus and Holy Spirit here. Then you now see two years, three years, four years, you'll start teaching about money. Teaching about family. What you ran away from, you've come to meet it. What the issue is, is when we remove Jesus out of it, that's when we've stopped preaching Christ. But that we will not talk about those things, that the devil is just clapping and waiting for us. He's waiting for us. <laughs> you will serve God, your children will be a big, big tool. As you are saying, Jesus heals. The child has cocaine and weed at the door. And that's, the, that's the hope of the enemy. And I'm, I'm issuing this as a prophetic warning. Dear child of God, sit down where God has planted you and face your Jesus. All right, let's get into the word. Psalms chapter 112. I'm reading from the Persian translation. And I want us to read responsively. Um, uh, that means I will read verse 1. You will read verse 2. Is that fine? And the last verse, verse 10, we will read together. If you have it in your Bible, in your, <laughs> I said in your Bible, in your devices, all right, you can read with us. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, there are some churches where if the pastor should see you with phone, you will be, you will be the same on that day. You will be the same on that day. They, 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 how will you tell me there's, there's Bible in the phone? What happened to Bible in the Bible? And they will tell you there is no way. Did you turn your notifications off? If that DM comes in, you will see it. As they are saying, shout in Selly. Hey. Breaking news. Glory to God. All right. Shout in celebration of praise to the Lord. Everyone who loves the Lord and delights in him will cherish his words and be blessed beyond expectation. Verse 2. Can you see the plan? Great blessing and wealth fills the house of the wise, for their integrity endures forever. Verse 4. That verse is talking about a recession. For those looking for verses from July, that's one of them. Verse 5. Life is good for the one who is generous and charitable. Conducting affairs with honesty and truth. Can somebody say life is good? Some other people want to read that life is soft for... Uh -huh. Verse 6, verse 6. Hello, don't rush. They will have circumstances, right? It will... And... Do you know what that means? The way you go through your challenge is God's testimony for others. 
whose turn is verse 7? Is it me or you? I'm enjoying it so much. Maybe we should just read together and finish this thing. Let's go from verse 7 to 10. They will not live in fear or dread of what may come, for their hearts are firm, ever secure in their faith. Verse 8. It says, steady and strong, they will not be afraid, but will calmly face their every foe until they all go down in the feet. Verse 9. It says, never stingy, always generous to those in need. They lived lives of influence and honor that will never be forgotten. For they were full of good deeds. Verse 10, let's read together. But the wicked take one look at a life lived like this. And they grit their teeth in anger. Not understanding their bliss. The wicked slink away. Speechless in the darkness that falls, where hope dies and all their dreams fade away to nothing, nothing at all. Glory to God. I said, Glory to God. I, I think if we were to close now, we are already blessed. The word of God has spoken to you and shown you a picture of your future. That's when others are saying, Recession, recession, recession. We are busy giving like never before. Is anybody connecting with me at that frequency? I am telling you, you've not given your biggest seed yet. It is ahead of you. When others are shouting, casting down, casting down, casting down, we, we are screaming from the rooftops, lifting up, lifting up, lifting up. Somebody say glory to God. So in the brevity of the time we have left, I want to talk to you from the bottom of my heart this morning that please... Commit to God's way and God's principle. Come make a decision to it that I will choose his way. What he wants for me is the best for me. Let me, let me tell you this. Everything in God's word is not designed for God. Every instruction Every principle, every commandment in scriptures is primarily for the benefit of you. None of us is doing God a favor by obeying God. You are actually doing yourself a favor by aligning with what God is doing in the earth. Every instruction in God's word and God will never force you to obey him. So your choice to walk in obedience is actually you being smart for yourself. Your choice to follow his principles is actually you making an investment in your future. If you cannot settle this, the confusion that is our world is, is, is digging into will make many to, to, become, to become nuisance. Because the world keeps redefining and rebelling against everything that God stands for. A good example is the institution of marriage. God designed marriage. God invented marriage. God owns the patent for marriage. When God designed marriage, he said a man will leave the father and the mother and be joined to a woman that was what the designer said. Man can wake up and say, I have a better idea. 
And there are evidences in scripture. Every time man has said, I have a better idea than God, it always ends in the same way. Whether it is marriage or any other thing else. And what our world has not come to realize is that it's not really God you are fighting. It's not really God you are punishing. Your, your insistence on disobedience as a father. When I tell my child, don't put your hand there. But daddy, you know they've started correcting me now. <laughs> they started fixing up my accent. Leave that place. Do you not see that? Daddy said, leave that place. Leave that place. It's leave that place. Hey. I say, yeah. Anyways, shall don't touch it. <laughs> I'm going to touch it. I'm going to touch it. You know, when, when, when you touch it, my hands does not get burned. But when you run to me, my arms will be open. Do you understand? Did you see that? Did you see that? So if we say we are going to improve upon God's method, it will always end in the same way. Hot premium tears with a future void of laughter filled with pain. You know, these people who have PhD in, in hmm. PhD in we have been there before. When I was younger, I sang in the choir. I gave God the best of my years. We were the ones that started the church. Well, God is faithful, but when you start hearing God is faithful, but you are seeing someone not telling you the full story. They are not telling you when they walked in disobedience. When God said A, and they said, God, I am doing Z. And you love me enough to catch me at Z. And God is saying, proof of my love is that there's A. Number one, I created A. Number two, I told you about A. Number three, I led you. I sent my word. I sent my prophet. I sent past. I sent children. I sent signboard. I sent everything. You said no. Now you become a wise signboard. That is how not to follow God. May that not be your portion. In the mighty name of Jesus. Statistics are being published regularly. Divorce rate in Canada is now 40%. Do you know what that means? Of every 10 people that smile, <laughs> flowing white dress, nice tocks and bow tie, family, everybody smile, <laughs> smile, you know, <laughs> and all those nice, you know, nobody walks to the altar saying, <laughs> perhaps. It doesn't include the, it doesn't include the number of people separated, just divorce, official, legally. That means they've actually gone to court. Hello, hello, 40. Of every ten, four. The six <laughs> standing, some have two chairs, some standing on tread, some on toothpick. But that's not God's plan for you. That's not God's plan for us. It's a future filled with laughter. Come on, do you believe that? Help me turn to your neighbor and say, God has caused me to laugh. Say, God has caused me to laugh. So knowing that God's word is for our benefit, let us get into it, looking at my time. What is God's design for this number one relationship that is the most important relationship I can have with a person? Now, today someone will bless you if you are unmarried. It will bless you if you are single. It will bless you if you are married. All right? Amen? Amen. 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 Oh. 
Praise God. Don't worry. You might not like me after today's service, but you will still love me. And I prefer love to like. Because after loving me, you will now come back and like me. Praise God. Some people got that. Second Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. The number one principle from God's word in you choosing the person you will do destiny with. This is not just called a life partner because it sounds nice. This is actually a destiny collaborator. Number one principle from God's word is that that person must not be an unbeliever. That person must not be an unbeliever. The person must be a believer. And it's, it's, it's interesting, in our world today, you can't just say the person must be a believer and walk out now. Because there are many unbelievers in church. There are many unbelievers leading praise and worship. There are many unbelievers leading prayer groups. There are many unbelievers who are pastors. So don't just say, I'm getting married to me as a pastor. There are many people who have used the anointing and the office to, to, to mess up the lives of many. Especially on campuses. I'm the pastor here. I just go in there. Just tell her, sister. Sister. And that's his sister is gone. She's slain. Not under the anointing. Under deception. And before you know it, pastor is dating this person. And before you know it, he's dating that person. And dating five sisters in the same fellowship. And all of them are already, you know, seeing visions of mommy Gio. Pastor misses. <laughs> I went to see, we are going for that today. It says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. It says, what fellowship does righteousness have with unrighteousness? Please take me to the NLT. Let's see it. Let's see it quickly. It says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. Don't team up with them. The journey of destiny is already laden with hurdles and challenges. You can't go it alone. How much more begin your journey with baggage? It says, don't do it. Don't team up with unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? But he's a nice person. What you are saying is, God, I have just chosen my own pain. I've chosen my own pain. Because everything is there, written clearly in God's word. Somebody might be saying, the God I know is too loving and, and too merciful to, 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 what's that word? To discriminate. How can he say we should not marry unbelievers? So who is going to marry them? Number one, Jesus has died for them. Let them find Jesus. But I'm going to lead him to Christ. I'm going to lead her to Christ. My sister, evangelism is different from life partner. Your home is not for evangelism. You don't understand? Marriage is serious business. Hmm. Attacks from everywhere. You, you cannot hold your husband's and your wife's hand and say, let's pray. Let's rebuke this affront from the pit of hell. You're on the way to the emergency room taking that child. And the Spirit of God tells you this is not medical. And you don't know who you can turn to. Let's pray. It says, don't do it. <sighs> why should we not do it? Because if you don't know the why, we, this generation of young people and millennials, they will ask you why. Why? What is it? What has, so the, the way to see it is not why of, if you don't convince me, no. It is God, I agree with you. 
But do you mind also telling me why? Just so that I have full understanding of this particular obedience. God says, sure. I'm going to tell you why. Do you want to know the why? Do you want to know the why? The why is in Deuteronomy chapter 22 verse 10. Let's read it from the New King James. Deuteronomy chapter 22 and verse 10. It says, you shall not plow with an ox and a donkey together. Somebody say PD has come. How is this a why? How is this a why? Uh-huh. So you understand the whole concept of yoking. Yoking was before we had commercial uh, motorized plows, Anim- like tractors. Animals will do that job of soil preparation. Are we still together? And it, is, it was common to use the ox for that purpose. Now, because these animals were not trans-seasonal, it was also common to use a donkey at other seasons. However, if out of your own brilliance and genius, you yoke an ox with a donkey together, that is what this verse is saying. He's saying don't do that. That plow there is a picture of the work of destiny. It is work. You are going to need two people of the same species. Are we still together? You are going to need two people of the same species that have the same values and believe in the same God. Not is the same God we are serving. No. Which God is the same God? You have idols. Grandpa, grandma, they have idols that they bow to. That's fine. But you, which God do you believe? This is the same God. Is it not just different roads? My brother, it is not different roads to the same God. My own God has one road. The name of that road is Jesus. It would interest you to know that a mule, anybody knows what a mule is? It is an hybrid. Half ox, half donkey. Man. Somebody say man. Somebody say man. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 in the Amplified. The reason, I'm, I'm still making my points to show you why. If any person is engrafted in Christ... That person has become a new what? A new creation. The moment you give your life to Christ, you've become a new species. Hello? So anyone you must be yoked with has to be the same species. Can you see it now? Hello? Am I still in church this morning? So this is the reason. This is the reason. This is the reason. There's time will not permit me to show you what will happen when you yoke ox and donkey together as a picture of what will happen when you insist. Now, God, I just love him. He's even better than all the brothers in church. You know, I just love her. Um, She's not really born again yet, but I mean, she doesn't gossip like the sister in the choir. So she's better. Saved and better are not the same thing, no. Is she saved? Is he saved? Is he born again? Say he's better. You've not seen better that kills. You've not seen better that <laughs> you, you are not even at night, both spiritually and physically. You are chased in the dream. You wake up, you wake up to knife, wake up to gun, and you are warned if anybody should hear this. See, things happening. And, and they're singles. Marriage is beautiful. Let's not scare you. If this is all you hear, that hey, is even hey, 
It is very easy. Don't worry. The way this sermon ends, you will want to marry. You will want to marry. Glory to God. I said glory to God. So God's number one principle is that do it with someone of your own same species. Do it with a fellow new creation. Run that journey of destiny together. That's where you can leverage grace. Grace. By strength shall no man prevail. You will leverage grace when both of you have the spirit of God and your decisions are guided. There is a compass to your life. Not what do we do now. What do we do then? Somebody say glory to God. Number two principle for success in this most important relationship is boundaries and accountability. Boundaries and accountability. There must be, in fact, today's someone is almost like a policy teaching. And you'll get that later. If indeed it is a relationship that you will get involved in the way that God is pleased, there have to be boundaries and a system of accountability. If you are going to get into a relationship and you are convinced that I am going to get into this relationship, tell your pastor. Hello? Hello? Let me turn to your neighbor. Say, tell your pastor. Tell, 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 and tell the other neighbor. Tell your pastor. Mm, all these pastors, they just really want to get in our business. Why do you want to know what I'm going out with? Can't I just date in peace? I bought my ticket to this country. I got my PR myself. I've been promoted five times now. I'm more educated than this same pastor. I believe I'm probably more anointed. So why do I have to tell my pastor anything? Can't these pastors learn to mind their business? Imagine all of us coming to actually tell pastor, wouldn't he be tired? Hello, hello, hello. When you are telling him, his, his physical brain might forget. But you've made a seed into the spirit of that person. From that day, they begin to pray for you, for that person, and for your future together. Did you hear that? And the reason why we must do that, not everybody in church is a Christian. Not everything in the garage is a car. Not everything in the oven is bread. Because some people have gone to pastor, hey, pastor, <clears throat> um, I was praying, you know, and I saw in a vision, pastor, you know, you see, that grace, it has come upon me. Okay, tell me more. Pastor, in this vision, I saw Sister Victoria. I saw her. Pastor, you know sometimes visions are like black and white. You know sometimes visions are not. Pastor, this one was full color. It was 4K. And I'm, oh, wow, amazing. Let's pray together, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for this vision. <laughs> Father, take control in Jesus' name. Amen. And the person walks out. Next week. Another brother comes. Oh, pastor, glory to God. God has done it. God has caused me to laugh. I say, hallelujah. Say, pastor, it was not really a vision. It was not really a vision. You know, it was morning prayers. It was around 6 a.m. You know, PK was releasing some fire tongues. And as he was releasing the tongues, I just saw the scripture. And in the scripture, I saw victory. And I checked the Greek, the Greek for victory. 
I saw that it is connected to Victoria. And I just knew in that moment, I just received it. Pastor, you know, I, I was not really, I can't, I've known that for a while now, but I am now convinced that she's the one for me. I am not, I'm not joking. We've seen it before. The same sister received by five brothers in the same church. And many times the other way around too. Seven sisters received the same brother. <laughs> you know, thank God for our musicians in this church. Because where I come from, musicians don't have a great reputation. But thank God we have spirit-filled musicians in this. <laughs> Glory to God. But, but really, you can see that the author of confusion has come in somewhere. Because God cannot tell five sisters the same brother is the one for you. And they are all so sure. That's the issue. Five of them so sure. God told me. I saw clearly. And the pastor said, okay, you give me your verse. All of them are verses. So where is this confusion from? It is from the very pit of hell. And it, it, is, it, is, it is because they didn't learn this. That God himself uses boundaries and accountability. I want to show you a scripture. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 28. Boy. Ah. It says, remove not the ancient landmark. I know you know this scripture, right? You've seen it before. I want to shine a light on the B part. It says, which the fathers have set. That is the part you and I may not know. Do you know what God is saying here? God is saying that I am so secure enough in my fatherhood that I will give you father figures that will set principles and boundaries for you and I expect you to respect them because in respecting and honoring them, you are respecting me. Can somebody say that? So God is saying, it's the fathers that set it, I back it up. It is the fathers that set it, but I back, I back it up. And, and, and again, I said I'm speaking to a young generation today. Can I say this again? Young people and younger people, especially ministers of the gospel. God, it, it is not beans to have rags. Selah. Rags don't come cheap. When God puts his grace upon a man, upon a woman, and that person has served God for 10 years, served God for 20 years, served God for 30 years, served God for 40 years, served God for 50 years, your Greek and your Hebrew may be more powerful than theirs. But God says that what they've set for you, I back it up. There are many people that will be cut short in life and in destiny just because of this verse. They have, they have violated principle. They are saying, God, it's not you that told me, so I'll not do it. And God is saying, I backed it up. I backed it up. And this is how, the, 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 one of the easiest ways to become, boy, God help me. This thing is not, this thing is very spiritual. It looks very, it looks very, um, 
It looks like, like gist. It is very spiritual that when you are in a house that has a father, the instructions and the principles set in that place are not just ideas or guidelines. They have the backing of heaven. The father sets it, yes, but the father of fathers backs it up. And you cannot disobey the father in the name of obeying the father of fathers. Because if you really honor the father of fathers, you will honor the father. I hope I have not missed anyone yet. Especially in a house where you know there is a culture that has been set by the fathers. Can I give us examples? Can I give us examples? For example, in this house now, in, in KICC as a family, we have a father. Hello. And we know the heart of our father concerning certain things. Now, if you choose not to obey or to follow in your own private space, that's okay. If you publicly come and say that, I have found it in scripture, that what my father said is not correct. You are bastardizing yourself. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hello? For instance, if you, if you, if you, if you, if you are a part of KICC family and you come and say, but Jesus turned water to wine and it's okay. If you want to drink alcohol in your house and you want to serve it to your guests, that is fine. Between you and your personal conviction with the Holy Spirit. But as a family, you know the heart of your father concerning that. If you publicly come and say, but it doesn't matter, the Spirit of God gives conviction. After all, Paul told Timothy, take a little. You are not speaking to the matter. You are, you, are, you are dishonoring your father. And God does not take it lightly at all. Or you are one of the ministers in this family. And you say, eh, some pastors will say, one is the number of this. Two is the number of this. Three is the number of this. Where is the scripture that says five is the number of grace? Where? Show me. You know, that attitude is the attitude of bastards. And they are on the rise in the body of Christ today. And they reward themselves with a cut short life and a cut short destiny. It's not, it's not anywhere in scripture that we must sow seed. Why should you pay? My brother, my sister, hello. You know the, the funny thing? You can actually move out of a family and go find another father. But that you will stay in the place and dishonor the spirit and the culture of the house. You don't need the curses that follow it. You don't even need it. A father doesn't even have to say anything. God does not, the chief father, he does not joke with it. Hello? Is this too hard for a Sunday morning? Hello? Hello? <laughs> it is God's word. So in St. Peter, I will give you scripture. Me, I'm a young man. And I want to live long. And we will live long. In the mighty name of Jesus. Remember, we started the service. It is a future filled with laughter. In our ripe, full old age. Serving God and enjoying his goodness. In the mighty name of Jesus. Judges chapter 14, verse 1 to verse 3. Judges chapter 14, verse 1 to verse 3. This is somebody who was working in disobedience. Working in rebellion. Making choices of the flesh. He still has the gumption enough to respect the place of others. It says, Samson went down to Timnah, saw a woman in, the, in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Wrong choice. Principle one, broken. He came up and told his father and his mother. 
even in his disobedience and in his foolishness, there was a little bit of sense to know that if the fathers have set it, then you must not break it. Job chapter 24, verse 1, verse 2, and verse 14. You have to move a bit faster now. It says, why seen times are not eating from the Almighty? Do they... Let's read that again. Seen times are not eating from the Almighty. Do they that know him not see his days? It says, some remove the landmarks. Can you see that the Bible agrees? That some people will actually remove the landmarks. Some people will actually say, hey, I'm here, accountability, boundaries. They just want to know. Okay, they just want to know. Why do you need accountability? Why do you need boundaries? It says they violently take away flocks and feed their earth. They, they, it means they go to town and do their thing. What kind of person does this? Verse 14. Let's jump because of our time. It says, the murderer rising with the light, killeth the poor and the needy, and in the night is as a thief. Is that the full verse? Check, check 13 and 15. There's something I want to show you there. It talks about those whose parts will never see the light. Never, ever see the light. And there, there are cultures that are set in places, you know that this culture is actually a good culture. One of those is the culture of good question answering in the dating phase. Thank you. This is the verse I'm looking for. It says, verse 13, there are those who rebel against the light. Can you say that? Rebel against the light. Let's say it together. Rebel against the light. So these are people who see the light of God's word and say no. Don't marry an unbeliever. No. You cannot call yourself a believer and you're cohabiting. No. Times have changed. You cannot. No. Premarital sex is wrong and it is ungodly. These people are not current. Um, you know when it's an app, it's telling you updates. Hello? Hello? Anybody has phones? When you say an update, people are like, this church, church people, they need to go and press updates into this world. In fact, God will be happier. I'm telling you the thinking. Everybody's sleeping around. Isn't God happy that the only one person I'm sleeping with is the same person I'm going to marry? Nice logic, right? It's devilish logic. These are the ones who rebel against the light. They do not know its ways, nor abide in spots. You know, when I met my wife, before she was my wife, the message has been too strong, so let's bring in some gist. I just noticed everybody just went like, don't want to throw something at me, so let me to throw something at you. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, when I met my wife and was, you know, just trying to get to know her, amen. I don't, it was later I found out where it was from. She was firing me solid questions. Solid questions. It didn't change the fact that she was not in love. But she was able to bring the emotions to where they belonged. I said, this is a life decision I'm about to make. So let me ask questions. And she started asking, you say you love me. What does love mean? Omar? 
the questions, you will know that she had a father where she was coming from. Not necessarily a biological father, but a place where they had taught the daughters that the day a man wants to come and sweep you off your foot because he bought you perfume of $500 or because he took you to fine dining, your life is more than perfume and dining. Men, you must do that. But please, you, you are about to marry the daughter of a king. You must know the process. You ask questions. I was, as, as I was sweating, I was impressed at the same time. I was like, hey, and when you think the questions are done, the next time again, more questions. And when you think you've graduated, more questions. I said, this is somebody from a well-taught house. And thinking about that moment, it just dawned on me. Now that you're pastoring a church, how easy is it to ask out to one of the daughters in the house? How easy is it? Oh, I love you. You do? Okay. Enter my car. Go to my house. Or are we going to give you 90 questions? Let the man first. He will, not, he will delete your number because he knows he's a joker. When you are, you've not even reached question six, what's your vision for the next 10 years? Uh -uh. What's your family line like? Are you guys okay? Do people run mad in your family? What's your attitude to money? Has anybody been admitted before? Do you lie? I never lied. You just lied. You ask questions. You ask lots of questions. What do you think about prayer? Did you believe the Red Sea actually parted? Did Jesus walk on water? Well, nobody really walks on water. Questions. And you ask, and you ask, and you ask. Let's see. Let him be tired of answering questions. You see, by my lose him. Hello? Hello. You, you know when you are sifting, sifting beans. Hello. Some people have not done that in a long time. It is the one that should fly away that we fly away. Your real one will remain. Yeah, see, you need to attach more value to yourself. It's not doing you a favor. It is humans that have biological clock. God does not have biological clock. Nobody needs to marry you urgently. You ask questions. You're going to meet my pastor. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I have a family. I have brothers. I have sisters. Why are you talking about my siblings? Who are your friends? What do your friends call you? What is your nickname? They start laughing. <laughs> you want to know my nickname? My nickname is Slicing, Slicing Demon. You say, eh? Your friends call you Slicing Demon? Or you go out to a party, everybody just comes and says, hey, Lucifer, Lucifer. And all of them are smiling. Oh, you, you mean your nickname is Lucifer? You know, it was just back in the days. Back in the days. You see him with his friends, they have this, this greeting. So what greeting is that? He says, it's from our group. It's from our group. Oh, your, oh, your group. Oh, nice. You just say, thank you, Jesus. Oh, <laughs> you've delivered me from group. Because on your wedding night, the group members will come and welcome you. They welcome you into the group. You have married into us. Please, this, this atmosphere is tense. Let's have some strings to melt it a bit. I pray for you, you will not get it wrong. In the mighty name of Jesus. The beauty of this, this message is twofold. If, you've, if you believe you've gotten it wrong already, 
Do you know what I want to tell you? Do you, do you know what I want to tell you? Your future is still filled with laughter. Hello? So while those who are yet to make the plunge may seem to benefit more from the words today, even you in your home, boy, in preparation for this service, the kind of things the Holy Spirit began to tell me, I cannot get into it. I'm, I'm, I'm just praying prayer of mercy. Prayer of mercy. Prayer of mercy. Prayer of mercy. And I'll pray. I'll pray for all of us. I won't call anybody out. Because these are very sensitive things. The Lord told me there's a couple. I don't know if they're in the room or watching online. Before you got married, your husband was hooked to pornography. He says that he has stopped now. But the only issue is every time he comes to you, he doesn't see you. He sees someone else. In fact, the way I heard it, it was very funny. I was almost laughing. But I said, God, this is a serious issue. He says he has strange expectations of how you should behave. He says he called it the, the spirit of unjust women. The spirit of unjust women infiltrating the, he says the marriage bed is honorable. Infiltrations. So you might be married to a brother, married to a pastor, the enemy is ready. He says your front gate is closed, your back door is open. But not us. I said not us. In the mighty name of Jesus. God does not joke with this father thing. Jeremiah chapter 35 is not on your screen. The story of the Rechabites. God told his servant, the prophet, to go and invite these people to come to church. Take them, not to the church, take them to the altar. Right there on the altar, give them wine. And tell them that you, the man of God, you are telling them to drink wine. God said, run an experiment. And Jeremiah did it. And to his shock, it didn't matter who was talking to them. It only mattered that they had a father that had set a landmark and they said, we will not break it. We will not break it. And God said, look at this, look at this, look at these guys. Instruction that they don't even know the person that gave it. Across generations, they honor me. How much more my own children My time is fast spent, but I must say the next one. Can, I have five points in my notes, and we've said two. Can we take one more, church? Can we take one more? Are you sure we can take one more? I want to be sure it's from your heart. I'm scanning your heart now. Heart scan. Okay, it is from your heart. Let me take one more. Please, dear child of God, do not allow anyone to bully you spiritually. You can come into a service like this. Let's assume PD is not married yet. And you just like the way he's preaching. There's somebody here, word of knowledge flowing anyhow. Calls people out, lays hands on everybody flying, people screaming. You've already made assumptions. He's a good man. You don't even know if he's good. He loves Jesus. You don't even know if he really loves Jesus. He's going to be a good father. Based on what? On a sermon? On a sermon? Seriously? Is going to love me like he loves Jesus. Yeah? And then he wants to even toast you. He cannot toast you as a man. He cannot say, hello, sister, sister Lolade, I love you. He can't say that. He's like, huh? he's using preaching voice to toast. See, run. Run. That person, 
they want to lock you with, with Jesus' colored chain. A chain is still a chain. Where? Oh, sister. My sister, run away. Anybody that cannot use normal voice. Of course, you can be, oh, that says the Lord. The Red Sea parted. After the Red Sea has parted, I want to talk to a sister. Don't say, oh, sister. My brother, you say, <laughs> anybody who is doing that wants to spiritually manipulate you. Don't allow it. I know you are anointed, but please, please, what is the basis for this relationship? I respect you as a man of God, yes, but please, how do you know I am God's will for you? You still have your questions. I know you are great. The power of God flows through you. But please, what's your attitude to money? Are you a spender or are you a saver? What do you think about in-laws? Because someone like that, the day you give him one bombshell, the preaching voice will disappear. What did you say? <laughs> and you say it again. You say, hey! That's when you hear it. <laughs> Woo! Glory to Jesus. I don't know where all the time is going this morning, but this is these are life and death conversations. And please, spiritual brothers in the house, don't go to a sister and tell her, God told me you are my wife. Please don't do that. I will tell you why. I will tell you why. Before the marriage, there are two people. After the marriage, there is one person. Before the marriage, two people need convictions. You need two convictions. After the marriage, you need one conviction. Typically, the man has his conviction before approaching the lady. The impatience of brothers many times to allow the sisters get to the point of their own conviction will now make the brother just sprinkle uh, catalyst, divine acceleration. Since it's God that told me, therefore be what? be convinced today. If God told me that you're my wife, I will wait for God to tell you that I am your husband. If you're unwilling to wait or to respect, even if it is my lack of spiritual sensitivity, let's say you have 5G, LTE, connection with the Holy Spirit, and may I have edge. If you really love me, you will give my edge time to receive from the Holy Spirit so that my conviction going into that relationship is not God told you, but God told me. Because when the challenges of life begin to happen, I'll say, God, I did not drag myself into this. I sought your face. Therefore, I expect your spirit to bring me through. But if it is God told him, him, hello? So brothers, if God told you, let me turn to a brother next to you. Say, keep it to yourself. Hold on to God's word. He has spoken to you. Hold on to what he has told you. And pray. Pray, pray for him. Pray for God to upgrade the sister from edge to LT. That's a good prayer point. Let her hear God quicker. Let her hear God faster. God, you told me, go tell her too. Oh, I saw you in a dream and you are by the wall. Sisters, if any brother in this church should do that to you, you have me on speed dial. Whether it is a new member, because these messages will be online. We have singles chat, we have marriage corner. And couples corner. Anybody that does it, let me know. Let me know. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? And those questions, we will start sending it out now. 
When the person is tired of questions, if they stay, they survived, now crown, you say yes. Yes. Brothers, brothers, has anybody just gone to a gold mine before? And you just go there, you just pick gold and you walk away. Is that what it's done? No, it's value. It's value. It's value. Especially our ladies in this church, they are valuable. They are precious. I know some people don't like what I just said, so let me give you scripture so that you will like it. Even if you don't like me, you will like God's word. I will have to round up now. Glory to God. First Kings chapter 13 is, a, is one of the stories in the Bible I personally do not like. It's a story that is filled with wisdom. I don't like it at all. But I want us to read together. You might not like God's word, but you must love God's word. Because God's word is good for you. First Kings chapter 13, verse 7 to verse 11. Have you been blessed so far? Are you glad you came to church today? Glory to God. For those joining us online, we're a very spiritual church. You know, sometimes there's literally cloud in the air. But this is what the Holy Spirit has said to us in this season. In this season. Please, if you're watching and you're saying, this message came a bit late. I already got involved. I'm now convinced that it was the wrong decision. What will I do? Hey, you've not met my Jesus. Your future is still filled with laughter. Your future is still filled with laughter. Oh, the other case, the Spirit of God told me to minister to. And we'll do that shortly. It says when you were a lot younger, you had a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And both of you convinced yourselves that you were soulmates. It says now, many years after, you are married and they are married. But somehow there's a connection that has not yet broken. The Lord has asked me to come and break it. In the mighty name of Jesus, every demonic soul type under this anointing, it is destroyed by the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, a prophet had come to give an accurate word. The prophecy involved the name. He didn't say there's somebody here. He called the name. He gave a token, gave a sign, and immediately right before the king, the sign happened. This really must have been a man of God. The king saw all of these great signs. He said, what? You mean there's still anointing like this? There's still power like this? There's still people that carry grace like this? He said, come to my house. I want to take care of you. I want to sow into this anointing. I will give you a reward. Verse 8. And the man of God said unto the king, If you will give me half of your house, I will not go in with you. Neither will I eat bread or drink water in this place. Good, right? Hello. I know we're rounding off. Can you please pay attention? Guys, can you pay attention? This verse, this verse was personal revelation. It was not public information. Hello. Can we read verse 9 together? For so it was charged who? Charged who? Charged me. How? By the word of the Lord. Saying. No, we can leave that part. Every time you are charged me. By the word of the Lord, it is superior to what any other prophet wants to come and tell you. 
And you don't need to announce it to anybody. This is my conviction. I know that it is built on what God charged me by the word of the Lord. The most accurate means of prophecy. The sure word of prophecy is superior to what any other prophet said. He passed this initial test. He went another way and returned not by the way. Does that sound familiar? Verse 10. That led to Bethel. Let's jump to verse 11. And we'll go to verse 16. It says, Now in Bethel there was an old prophet. And the sons of the old prophet, they carried gist. They said, Hey, when last did we see vision? When last did anointing flow? There's a new man of God in town. And the old prophet saddled his donkey. Let's jump to verse 16 because of our time. The old prophet said the exact same thing to this man of God. He says, come to my house. Listen to the response. He said, I may not return with thee nor go in with you. Neither will I eat bread nor drink water in this place. Verse 17. For it was said to me by the word of the Lord. He didn't, this, this man of God did not listen to this message. That it was charged to you. You know, one of the most derogatory things you can say to a seeming man of God is that God told him. Hello? Hello? Do you know what you are saying? You are indirectly saying you did not hear God clearly. So the old prophet looked at his experience. This story sometimes almost makes me want to share tears. I don't know, maybe this is one of the authors of one of the books of the prophets that we never read about. Maybe this was one of the great men of God that would have shaped and shifted but it was cut short. It was said to me by the word of the Lord. Let's go to verse 18. He said unto him, I am a prophet also. Beware of words like also. Also. Also is putting yourself in a group. You don't, you don't, what do you mean you're a prophet also? You're a prophet. Okay. What, what you're saying is you're equating the anointing I carry and the anointing you carry. It says, an angel spoke to me. Ah. Angels, an angel told you. And the word of God is clear on the matter. An angel told you. The word of God is clear on the matter. A prophet told you. You have a pastor over your life, but you also have a prophet. And the pastor is feeding you, shepherding you with wisdom and, and, and understanding. And the prophet is saying, go ahead. I am a prophet. And God's word has charged you. Saying, don't go ahead. Since he was lying, the angel didn't say anything. God didn't speak through that prophet. We will leave number four and number five for another day. But I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. For those who are yet to make a decision, you will not get it wrong. For those who believe they have gotten it wrong, the grace that restores, the grace that fixes, the balm in Gilead that heals, the one who is able to bring 
empty out of ashes. You are saying, where was this message five years ago? Where was this message ten years ago? I don't know what the sound of my voice in the room or watching online. I can hear the Spirit of the Lord say that you were actually abused on campus by the pastors and the executives. He says, till tomorrow, nobody knows about it. Even your husband does not know. He says, you've healed, you believe, and you've come to love God. But it has, it has planted a, a seed of suspicion in your heart every time you meet a so-called man of God. There's healing in the room this morning. There's healing in the room this morning. For as many who have demonic thought parties in their homes, and you are not aware, as many who are molested in the night time by spirit beings that claim legitimacy to your home, Oh, the blood is against them this morning. Victory has come. The Holy Spirit told me. He said, and I heard it, and I'll say this with caution, but with boldness. He says, that gun will come to church today, but it must bow. It must bow. Whoever has been exposed to influences of marine spirits, hear me. They've met, <laughs> they've met their, their chief. They've met their Lord. For Christ himself has been made the head of principalities and of powers. That affliction comes to an end today. In the mighty name of Jesus. I'm free indeed. In Christ I'm free indeed. No chains are holding me. It's who I choose to be. I'm free indeed. I'm free indeed. In Christ. In Christ, I'm free. Hey. That's who I choose to be. Said I'm free indeed. Yes, in Christ Jesus. No chains, no chains. That's who I choose. Said I'm free indeed. In Christ, no chains, no chains, no chains, no more chains, no more chains. Self-inflicted attacks from the pit of hell. I'm free, indeed. In Christ, I'm free. No chains. That's who I said I'm free. Jesus sets me free. Why should I be bound? I'm free. That's who I am, who I choose to be. Let me bring the strings up a bit. I want to pray. There's no time now to call people out and begin to lay hands. We can't do that. But right there where you are, the power of the Holy Ghost will touch you. It will go to the foundation of your relationships. For as many who have been molested, as many who have been abused, as many who have been violated, as many who have been deceived, as many who have been lied to, as many who have invited in the words that I edit, the spirit of unjust women, 
as many whose homes are under the affliction of a strange woman. There's somebody knocking the door somewhere, a strange man speaking lies to your wife, a strange woman speaking lies to your husband. As many whose homes are under affliction, as many singles, unmarried yet, already toiling, playing with sin, saying that I have violated his, his, his instructions. There is grace in the room this morning. There is grace in the room this morning. As many who have opened their doors to marine spirits, who have watched things they should never have watched, who have seen things they should never have seen, who have gone to places they should never have been. There's healing in the room this morning. There's healing in the room this morning. There's healing in the room this morning. I don't know who it is, someone under the sound of my voice. All the ladies in that family, no one has ever married below the age of 35. And somehow you've subconsciously accepted it. Now this is a trend in our family. I come to announce to you, you are a new species and you belong to a new family. The only trend in your family is the trend that is found in Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus, I don't know what the sound of my voice. You've not had children, you are looking unto God for the fruit of the womb. But what you've not told people is that you have no problem getting pregnant. But you've had not one, not two, not three, not four. I had the number four. You've had four miscarriages four miscarriages and when people pray for you for fruit of the womb you don't know how to tell them it's not like i can't get pregnant there's just something struggling with life ah you spirit from the waters you dagon that messed with the daughter of zion by the authority in the name of jesus we speak judgment over you your legitimate hold over that family your legitimate hold over that family is broken right now he says, even the captive of the mighty, even the legal captive of the mighty, I don't care what claims you have over their family, I don't care what claims their parents, what promises their grandparents made, but now they belong to a new bloodline. 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 Oh, there's someone under the sound of my voice. Till death, your parents still go to the waters. Till death. Your parents still go to the waters. You think they are doing something else, but they are servicing the covenant. By the authority in the name of Jesus, we pull you out. Any promise that has been made to Dagon, you are not part of that package. You are not part of that package. You are not part of that package. In the name of Jesus. Come on, those in the room, just raise your right hand. Just raise your right hands to heaven. Raise your right hand to heaven. Raise your right hand to heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus. Just help me hit your hand heavily on that symbols. Father, in the name of Jesus, by the authority in the name of Jesus, I speak over the life of everyone whose hand is raised here. Every affliction from the pit of hell, every covenant that is sponsoring tears, sponsoring tears, that wants to cut them short, bringing pain to their home, bringing pain to their marriage, bringing pain to their life in the name of Jesus we curse you right now from your roots we curse you right now that God in the presence of the Lord you bow in the presence of the Lord you bow in the presence of the Lord you bow therefore lose your hold over those destinies lose your hold in the name of Jesus come on as loudly as you can I want you to shout I am free
in the service like this without giving someone an opportunity to meet Jesus. He's the way. He's the truth. Oh, the Lord says to tell someone, He says the rest of your marriage, it will be better than even your honeymoon. I see a pouring of new wine. Hear me? What I'm saying now for that person is difficult to believe. Because the best word to describe your marriage is as if I'm reading this thing from a script. The best word to describe your marriage is official. I see it written. Official. It's just official. You are officially married. Officially have a wife. Officially have a husband. The Lord says, I'm about to clean official. And I'm about to write new wine. Since that marriage will give you joy again. When you were younger and you were courting, it says the way the thought of that man made you sweat and gave you butterflies, it says you will feel it again. The way your wife just walking made your heart race. You, you see, really what God is doing is, is renewing your youth. And it is a work of the Spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus. If you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life, I can't leave this place without giving you, see, the confidence we have that our tomorrow is filled with laughter is because we have Jesus. We have the Prince of Peace. He's knocking on the door of your heart. Say yes to him. If you are there, say with me, Lord Jesus. Even if you are watching online, let's do it together. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for taking my place in the grave. I believe you are alive today. I ask that you live in me. I ask that you live through me. And you give me the grace to live for you. I confess you as Lord and Savior. Thank you for writing my name in the book of life. For in Jesus' name we are prayed. Congratulations if you just said that prayer. You are now born again. Welcome to the greatest family. I agree with you. You will go from strength to strength. From glory to glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, that there will be a supply of his spirit and a multiplication of his grace. I know our time is fast spent, but I want somebody to just get up on their feet. And I want you to stamp your feet on the floor and say, I am free indeed. Come on, I want you to stomp it louder. I am free indeed. I am free indeed. I am rejoicing. My future is filled with laughter. If you believe it, jab your hands together and give the Lord a big shout! Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at K-I-C-C-Canada.ca or through our website at www.kicc canada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember you are a champion. God bless you.